describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Again, thanks to the Scourge of the North for helping us get together with Ernie today. That was, uh, you know, super special as far as that conversation. Um, had, a, had a great time talking to him. It was great. It was, yeah, w w what an honor and, and what a great guest. Oh, absolutely. Scourges can be very useful. Yes, they don't just scourge. <laughs> Sometimes they scourge, but then... You know, in their wake, they provide something very valuable. So, um, and uh, he said he's off to uh, get uh, get some modules from the post office, which is great. You know, his Keep It Blood Red Falls Kickstarter, which was super successful. Um, again, very very happy for him, and you know, that's been a work he's been working on. Uh, yeah, wait till I get to Florida again. I, that almost sounded like a threat he just put up there. Right. The scourge. Wait, wait till I get to Florida. The scourge and the strangler. <laughs> That's right. And so well, we're still. Go ahead. Yes. I was just saying. So we're still in the abyss, right? So we're, we're kind of flipping our segments today uh, because uh, uh, we had some, some issues in the morning, right? Yeah, uh, all kinds of drama. And it was just easier to do it this way. Absolutely. So. But so uh, we're still in the abyss. Yes, the tenth layer, which the is hellhole. The hellhole, which I think is wonderful. That's our album. That's right. Uh, that was great. Spinal Tap, living in a hellhole. Uh, that's a, that's a great. That's a, you know, for for a fake band, uh, Smell the Glove is a great yeah. is, is a great uh, it's a great album. I mean, I still remember seeing that. And uh, girl, get me out of this hellhole. You know where you stand in a hellhole. Uh, yeah. That's that's. And, and you know why Spinal Tap was so funny? Because it was true. It was true. Right. I it was, think it was, it a, was accurate. It was so to the mark, and um, and even then, when I was I was pretty serious into metal. Then you know, I was what probably saw it at sixteen. I knew it came out a couple years before that, but when I saw it, um, but it was just such a scathing parody of all the excess that. Uh, you know, and it actually kind of moved me more towards uh, thrash and then some of the, uh, which was more pure, you know, less pretentious music. I, I don't right. know if it had a direct effect, but, you know, we've talked about, you know, 
Death and Venom are not going to sell 100 million uh, copies ever. <laughs> right. It's true. It's true. They're, they're not going to be on top of the pops. They're, maybe they have. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure someone will send me a YouTube it's, link with death on, on top of the it's pop. Like, it's right, like writing old school modules now. Yeah. Don't quit your day job. Yeah, yeah. It, you're doing it for a different reason than... Indeed. Uh, to, you're not going to be the... You know, the uh, you're not going to make a, a, a million dollars doing that, but don't tell don't tell Vic. Yeah. Well, shall we? All right. So shall we get to uh, random encounters? Yeah, we've got a few things. Um, okay. Uh, just uh, this quick announcement before random encounter: we are number twelve in Mexico under gaming, as of last week. That's fantastic. Number twelve in Mexico, which in gaming. Uh, in gaming. Not OSR gaming. No, gaming. Not, that's it. That's right. an, an iTunes. We are number 12 We're like, in Mexico. This includes Monopoly podcasts, Correct. cheesy podcasts. Right. Exactly. Now, <laughs> coincidentally, this is also the same time that I see that Mexico is feeling the full effects of the pandemic, where unfortunately um, thousands are dying. So I don't know if that's related that we are a pandemic. In fact, when you look at the countries that we're doing well in, Sweden, they have the highest per capita deaths. America, we're getting better at. So as the pandemic oh. gets better, we are we are behind the pandemic. Wait, so wait, or when we get popular, the pandemic hits in these places? Or, Is that what you're suggesting? There's uh, a causation? It, yes, I think, or the pandemic comes and then people turn to grog talk. We're like country music. When you're depressed, <laughs> I want to listen to country. I want to listen to grog talk. <laughs> what is really depressing? <laughs> grog talk. <laughs> they digress. What? Their shows are like four hours. It's four hours. They just What's a keep... podcast? Yeah, that's what it is. What's a podcast <laughs> that will take up my entire day? I'm in grog quarantine. Talk. I'm in quarantine for hours at a time. I need something to dull the pain. I can't afford, you know, I'm out of work. Uh, that's right. Uh, the, that's right. It's the COVID boost. Yep. So, again, thank you to Mexico. Uh, I think Carlos Montdragon was on, uh, who is from there. That's right. You went to the lobby. And, oh, yeah. And this was Goobers. Love, I love Goobers. You like Goobers? I prefer Goobers over Raisinets. Really? Yeah. Okay. They, Does it, everyone agree that Snowcaps is the Frankenberry of the three, though? Yes. So it, it's the Booberry Count Chocula. Raisinets is the Count Chocula, I think, definitely. Yeah, you strangely like Booberry, kind of the Booberry, because uh, this is the Booberry. It's even blue. Yeah, but it Goobers has, is it the has Booberry. Pe- it has peanuts in it. Okay. Yeah, uh, because Raisinets, you know, it has something that's relatively healthy, raisins. But peanuts could be healthy, but when you smell, right. you know, if you eat enough of them, you're going to stroke out. But... Uh, you know, it's, it's it was a precursor to it was closer to peanut M and M's, which is what I would prefer. Oh, those are good. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, and it was your suggestion. And I thought it was a good one to put the old uh, TSR commercials, so I put oh. them on there. We'd like to thank yeah, thank you to our to our advertisers. That's right, right? Uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't know when you see it, you'll see a special surprise uh, one that's out there. So that'll oh. be. Uh, Is it an Orange Julius commercial? No, I, I need to put an Orange Julius. <laughs> Are they still around? Uh, Can we call people our sponsors if they're not actually? We probably shouldn't do that, right? 
Well, but we, I think, tr we tried with Ralph Lauren, and they didn't sue us, so. If it's obvious, it's comedy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, I, what we do is not obviously comedy. Well, that's true. I think it falls under fair, uh, parody. Right. I mean, if we make up a satanic uh, placemat yes. with Orange Julius logo on it and have kids sitting around filling in uh, mm -hmm. a pentagram, uh, I think that's fun. I think that is. Oh, I'm, I'm so getting an Orange Julius for next show because right? we're in the abyss. Yeah. We, we need to do like a little thank you from our spot. Well, I shouldn't give it away. Right. You'll have to tune in next week. That's right, the next time. Well, we're not going to be on next week. We're going to be on two weeks from now, so by the way. Don't, don't tune in next week. That's right. Don't tune in next week. We won't be here. We're, going, we're moving out of, we're moving out of the uh, pandemic weekly thing. This was a special. Remember, we were supposed to do twice a month, but we kicked it up because of right. the pandemic lockdown. Now we're going we're gonna to try to pretend life is normal again. James wants to get out. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, blame it on me. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. So that was that was the only thing. Um, so now we're ready for random encounter. All right. Which Time for uh, Dwayne Johnson is still the winner. The Rock. I love it. Okay, I'm rolling. You're rolling. It is a four, so which that, is the Monster Manual two. Okay, I am. I have it right here. And we are. I now need you to roll. Right, a D10. I believe Find so. Find out where we are. I believe so. A one. We are, well, listen, it makes sense. We had Ernie on the show. Ernie's adventures, I believe, are like his dad's. They're good old-fashioned dungeon crawls. So this makes sense. The dice don't lie. So we're in a dungeon, sir. Uh, I now need to know what level, which is another 10 levels. So would you like me to uh, roll that? Uh... Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Well, you could roll it. I was just trying to. I saw you. You know. Hey, I'm ten. Whoa, that's good. We need something tough, or else. Oh my gosh, these. Mon I'm I'm perusing the list. Wow. Okay. Now it is okay. Ready for this? Mm -hmm. Frank Menser online said, I don't know where I saw. I just saw this. You know, I was doing research for the show. Whatever. Said that when you could have two sets of dice, and so it was an issue of three d four. And you can do, I'm sorry, it was what, three to, it was three to 12. And you could do that with a die 10 plus two, correct? Right. Or as most of us would think, three to 12, we would do three die four, right? Right. Frank Menser said that Gary always, and he italicized always, always used the fewest dice combination. Mm. That's it. That's all I got. It really seemed more exciting when I was getting ready to tell it. That's all. Well, yeah, I'm curious. Says, yeah, go ahead. No, but I, the, the two, the, this could be either, but it tells us actually how to do it here, right? It says a die 8 plus die 12, which of course is, this, is the same number of dice as 2 die 10. Okay, moving on. It is the, same, it is the same dice, but I think it, it causes a I'm, more pronounced hump. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, well it says, okay. that, uh, well, what, where did we read that? It, no, I, you said it. You said that it, you felt the bell curve would be different. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it's wrong. Well, it's, I mean, they're all it's, it, it, they're all individual numbers. They're all equal. The numbers are all equal. Yeah. One through eight. One through twelve. One to ten. One to ten. They're all. Yeah. You know? I I understand that thought, but the I think it is in here in the Monster Manual too. Before, it says it. It says how to create your own. Uh, create your own tables if you so choose. 
And let me look for that. And now I'm turning and flipping and flipping. Well, and, and, and let me mention, I mean, it is clear that on the monster random encounter tables, it does indicate to do a die 8 plus a die 12. So it specifies the two dice. Yeah, and I, I don't remember where it is in here, but maybe it was in another thing. But basically, it, it, it causes a m more pronounced curve than you would get with 2d10. Well, I think certainly something like a 3d4 as opposed to 2d10 would. Yes. But, all right. Well, maybe you should just... I, I can't imagine this is fascinating to anybody. Page 138, if you so Of choose. what? Of the Monster Manual 2, teach, tells you why you would do create your own random encounters. And the first table shows the distribution and how it's done. Oh, those desiring unique creatures might assign them... Oh, that's interesting. So it does say that. Those desiring unique creatures might assign them 2 to 20 pips. Right. The following method of creating charts is based on the sum of one eight-sided and one twelve-sided, producing a range from two to twenty with a large flat spot, equal probability in the nine to thirteen range. Those desiring unique creatures. Oh, so so apparently it is less of a pronounced bell curve. I'm just saying what you said all along. Less of a pronounced bell curve when it is two D ten. Yeah, it's more of a hump. It's it's more it goes up and down quickly. This has more of a plateau. So right. you can have 9, 10, 11, and 12, and 13 have basically the same chance, uh, equal distribution. Whereas okay. with uh, the hump, the 11 uh, would be average, much, you know, it'd be more likely, only three of them would be more likely. Okay, so there's your fun with, uh, fun with math and probability. Fun with dice. Yeah. Okay. okay, so I'm sorry, what was I rolling? Percentage? So you're rolling two die 10, right? I believe so. <laughs> no, no, you're not rolling two die 10. You're rolling die 8 and a die 12. Oh, a die and a die 12. You had me there. I was going to do it. <laughs> I desire more unique <laughs> creatures. Uh, five. You know, it would make more sense for us to use, to have more unique, because so we, we mix it up. Okay, whatever. Oh, I don't know what this is. Oh, because it's MMM2. Terask, T-A-R-R-A-S-Q-E. Can you believe I mispronounced? I said burn. How embarrassing was that? Yeah, it was burn. It was like it's like the what is that uh, monster the uh, that comes racing through and eats stuff? What is it that uh, the bu oh, the belay? Belay. That's right. Not a bullet. That's right. It's not a bullet. The belay. All right. Why are you laughing evilly? Because you terask. You, you don't. You've not heard of the terask. No. It is now a legendary creature. Technically, we've, we can end the show on this. Oh, really? It's going to be the champ forever? In theory, yes. On page 117. I see it. He looks ridiculous. It, Wait, uh, see, this is what I don't like about the Monster Manual 2. No one's being, no characters are being eaten anywhere. Right? What happened to all the PCs being eaten? Right. The vibe is totally different. Yeah, there's no eating of any, I don't think there's any... Uh, DM training illustrations. Right? Maybe they figure they already understand it by now. The cave fisher is looking down at a party, but, you know, that's it. Right. There's a helmet on the cave cricket. There's an old helmet. It appears that the cave cricket has eaten somebody at some point. Oh, and the bowler is rolling on somebody. So there is a little bit of it, but it's not nearly. No, it's not as instructional. No, and, and the giant bee is attacking somebody. Okay. Um, 
you know, I really hope that we can get Errol Otis on the show because, you know, we've gotten slightly different amounts of Mr. Otis's body right. coming through the, the third floor ceiling, fourth floor floor. Correct. Sorry, have we not now, right? Right. First it was the, now it's like, both legs, and then this right? was just the foot. That's right. So, that's story right. So, okay. Controversy. Okay. The Tarask is, wait, frequencies, you, what? Unique? There's a new frequency? What does unique mean? Well, it means there's one. Got it. That would make sense. So I guess they changed that, right? Because so, if you looked up as, as Modius, I assume it says, what, very rare? It doesn't no, say unique. As Modius used to say very, very rare, but now they have unique. You know, that makes, that makes sense to me. Does that make sense to you? Right. Well, the, and you hear unique if you go to page yeah. five. Okay. And unique indicates there is only one of the creatures in existence. Okay. That means in the All entire right. multiverse, there is one. Uh, that makes sense to add that. I don't object to that. Right. Okay? So obviously the number appearing is one to four. That's right. <laughs> no, that was not. It's one, of course. AC, ooh, minus three. Move nine inches plus six inch rush. There's something called a rush. I don't know what that is. 300 hit points. Okay? Yes. Percent layer C below. Treasure type C below. Six attack. Okay. Is it jump? Is this... Did the Tarask, is this the jumping the shark? Uh, well, you, it, it's legendary, so you'll have to see. But yes, this was... 1 to 12, 1 to 2, 2 to 24, 5 to 50, 1 to 10, 1 to 10. It's a good thing I got goobers, mm-hmm. you know, get me through this. Special attack, sharpness, bite, and terror. This is, is he going to have a long ride? Oh my gosh, it's so long. Yeah. Especially as C below, matters isn't standard. Animal intelligence. I always thought it was going to be like a super genius. No. Okay. So this is legendary. Uh, I mean, in the future, every event, every uh, edition since this has had the Tarask, if I remember correctly. And it's, and it's had legendary, you know, things about it. But keep, it's, I think it's a French legend, if I remember correctly. But keep going. Oh, okay. I was going to ask if it was the origin was maybe a module or something. but I believe it's okay. French, but I could okay. be wrong. Like uh, Bernay. That's right. Or Boulet. Boulet, that's right. Tarask. Okay, it's 50 feet long. Thank goodness. No psionic ability, but it is immune to psionics. The legendary Tarask is possibly the most dreaded monster of all. For when it is active, it ravishes the countryside for miles. Oh, I'm starting to warm up to it. Right. That's that's why you're going to like it. I think I like it because, you know, I like that idea of of Vaprak. Right. You know, the ogre to just hit in the prime material plane for a snack, like a late night, like it's going to Taco Bell. This would be like Vaprak should ride the Tarask <laughs> into town. That, into that the would be awesome. Into the market. Right? A late night snack of an entire village. All, all vegetation and animal life is devoured or driven away. So this is like the crystalline entity or something in Star Trek Next Generation. It's like, whoa, when you see that thing, it's, it's like over. game over. Right. Yeah, so- okay. The land through which the monster passes becomes a barren waste, which requires years to recover. The Tarask eats voraciously and continually, and all living things are food to it, although it prefers warm-blooded creatures over others. Well, of course, I'm surprised you didn't say it prefers human, human flesh. Human flesh, yeah. Right? Normal attack modes of the Tarask 
are with two four-limb claws. Okay, I see those. And those are probably enormous because he's 50 feet long. So those right. claws are probably enormous, right? They should have put a person there to give us some, or a gnome, right. to give us some perspective, right? Or a gnome a dangling guy. out of his teeth. That would be good. So we That can... would be, see, that's Monster Manual 1. Right. That would have been good. Okay. No, okay, so uh, normal attack modes of the Tarask are with two four-limb claws, a sweeping tail lash, inflicting two to 24 points of damage, a savage bite, the effect of which resembles a sort of sharpness in that a hit score of 18 or better indicates that the victim has some portion severed, such as a limb, head, torso, etc., and two thrusting horn attacks for 1 to 10 points of damage each. The rush of the Tarask is possible. Oh, so this is the oh, so this is a rush. The rush of the Tarask is possible once every turn because the monster is so large and ponderous. You mean he like backs up? He like rushes and does all this stuff, runs runs back, rushes again. Yeah, is that what's happening? I guess. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. The mere sight of the Tarask is so terrifying that creatures under three levels or hit dice will be paralyzed until it is out of their range of vision, no saving throw. So in other words, it comes upon a village, and everyone's just like frozen. Right, and then he eats them. <laughs> he eats them. Creatures, and you're like seeing them be eaten, and you're like, I can't move. Right. It's the Nightcrawler from uh, Judas Priest's, uh, you know, comes in and destroys everything. Though it's not evil, I think it's just neutral. I don't know Nightcrawler. Was that, was that past, mid-80s? Oh, I know. yeah, that was late 80s. Early I know the 90s. grinder. Yes. Well, the grinder. Looking for meat, right? That's right. It is. Wants you, Wants to, you eat. to eat. That's exactly right. Classic. All right. Cre- creatures of three or more levels. Okay. Well, of three or more levels. So if you're higher, you'll flee in panic. Although those of seven or more levels of hit dice who manage to save civilization will not be so affected. Like, who cares? I'm fleeing anyway. They make it sound like that's a benefit. Like, oh, you can stay and fight. You don't flee in panic. Oh, good. I'll flee in panic. I want to flee in panic. That's, that's right. Just flee. All right. Just, yeah. Can, the Tarask has a, okay, what is a, what is a carapace? That's oh, it's like outside. a shell? Yeah, it's shell. Like a, you know, a centipede. Not a centipede. Yeah, like a bug or a centipede, yeah. Okay. Of exceptional hardness and reflective quality. Bolts and rays such as, oh, seriously, lightning bolts, cones of cold. Hey, that's Ernie, isn't it? Right. Cones of cold. Oh, poor Ernie. Cones of cold and even magic missiles are useless against a Tarask. Can I get its underbelly? The reflection is such that one in such attacks actually reflect directly back on the caster, while the remainder bounce harmlessly away from the monster. Yeah, I'll probably killing somebody else. Fire of any sort has no effect on the Tarask. The monster's metabolic rate is such that it regenerates one hit point per round after sustaining damage. Is this a joke? No. The, the Tarask can be struck only by plus one or better magic weapons. It's like every single thing that you could have, it has. Yep. The slaying of the Tarask, I sure hope I win initiative. The slaying <laughs> of the Tarask, <laughs> the slaying of the Tarask. Hope I surprise you. No, hey, the, that's, you're oh, the Tarask. I'm the, I'm the Tarask, yeah. yeah. You better, wait, but if you're, if you get, if you surprise me, you still see me, you're still on hat, yeah, you're I'm, still. Well, I'm 18 hit dice, so I'm going to just fly away, so. Oh, that's right, you're. I'm You're winning Boris Johnson? I'm, I'm Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Not Boris Johnson. Really. <laughs> the slaying of the Tarask is said to be possible only if the monster is reduced to negative 30 or fewer hit points. And a wish for its death is then used. Otherwise, even the slightest piece of the Tarask will regenerate and restore the monster completely. 
Legend says that a great treasure can be extracted from the Tarrasque carapace. The upper portion, treated with acid and then heated in a furnace, will yield gems, 10 to 100 diamonds of 1,000 gold pieces based by you. If I can kill you, look, that's, that's chump change to me at that point. The underbelly material mixed with the creature's blood and meteoric iron will produce a metal, which can be forged by dwarf blacksmiths into one to four shields of plus five magical power. Uh, seriously, is it worth it for the plus five? It is fortunate that the Tarrasque is active only for short periods of time. Oh, so this is the good news. It's going to leave on a high note. Right. I can feel it. Right. Typically, the monster comes forth to forage for a week or two. That's, that's a long time. Well, he is kind of big, got a big belly. Ravaging all but a few square miles of land, the Tarrasque then seeks a hidden lair underground and lies dormant, sleeping for five to 20 months before coming forth again. Once every decade or so, the monster will be particularly active, staying abroad for several months. Thereafter, its period of dormancy becomes four to 16 years long until disturbed. The ratio of active to dormant state appears to be one to 30. Whew. Okay. So there's, I mean, there's things online about how people have put Tarasks in portable holes, or try to put them in uh, <laughs> spheres of annihilation and portable holes and, you know, all kinds of, I mean, it wouldn't fit in a portable, all kinds of, you know, teleporting them to different planes and doing all kinds of things to defeat the Tarasque. So there could be like a whole segment, like fun with the Tarasque? Right. Defeating, yeah, meeting the Tarasque. Right. Forget about Demogorgon. No. This is it. So it is, it is the crystalline, right? The crystalline entity, if I recall correct, the next generation was this thing that just came and destroyed, right? And, right. Yeah. It's, it's, the, okay. it's, it's Gozer, but not, it's Gozer in the form of a giant beetle, that giant lizard creature that comes out of the ground like Godzilla. It's not the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. You know, he is kind of, well, if he's based on a legend. I believe then, so. Then that's all, then that's okay. That, to me, that makes, so... And I don't know why I feel this way, but I do. That if the Jurassic was simply made up, it's over the top and, okay, it's, and as a matter of fact, it's so over the top that I actually do find it entertaining. So, and, and if it's based upon a legend, all, then that's fine too. Because look, you know, in D&D, legends are real. And so if the Jurassic is a legend, in D&D, the Jurassic is real. And we have to deal with it. We can't simply say, I don't want to deal with it because it's Monster Manual 2 or it's too powerful. We don't get to say that. So uh, that, that would help me accept its legitimacy. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty hilarious. And I don't know how uh, Dwayne Johnson – what is Dwayne Johnson again? He's a rock. Yeah. That's, I guess this really is sort of that – what that image of the, 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 the fish eats the little fish and then the big fish comes and eats right, – the bigger fish comes and eats the big fish. That's this, right? Yes. The rock kills the spider or whatever, yeah, and then the Tarrasque eats the rock. So the rock city. So it's like that cartoon, right? Because what did, what did Dwayne Johnson kill? Was it a spider? Uh, he was the Scorpion King. I don't know what, I don't know what else he killed. But well, I'm meaning in our show. What, here in, the, oh, in our show? Oh, he killed... Oh, I just had it. Hold was on. it a spider? Yeah. Well, no, it was... A, it was well, then Charlotte? No, Charlotte was killed by that little dude that was sent. Right. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I got it. I got to keep everything because someday someone may want to make a wiki of this nonsense. Yeah. Come on, man. A tiger. Quicker. It was a tiger. Oh, yeah, that's right. He defeated the tiger. So, so right. So, so the rock comes and gets the tiger. Oh, that's right. I dropped the tiger on the ground. Yes. 
you dropped it and made it fall. So that's what. And then eat it, and he's eating it, and the friggin' tarasque comes heading through. Right. So the le the legend of tarasque is reported in several sources, but especially in the story of Saint Martha in the Golden Legend. The creature inhabited the area of Nuluk in Provence, Provence, France, Provence, France, and devastated the landscape far and wide. So you're like going through Castle Amber. You're done with it. You're like, whew, that was fun. Right. And you're wandering back from Castle Amber, and the Tarasque is there. So, it's, yeah, it's a giant light, blah, blah, blah. It was introduced in the first edition of D&D. It's very loosely based on the French legend of the Tarasque. It's very large, blah, blah, blah. It has Tarasque's head. It has been so, called the creature that embodies wanted destruction. See, to me, that's Vaprak's territory, but whatever. Um, I'd like to see a Vaprak versus Tarasque battle at well, some point. I think, I think that could be part of our final show, the final episode. Yes. Because that will take yeah. 100 episodes to do if they're both. That's what, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object at this point? You know, they're just going like, to both give up at some point. Like, <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm, I'm going to go back to well, my lair. Well, it could go long enough that Tarasque then goes to hibernates or whatever. He goes into a state of dormancy. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Yep. And then while he's in the, he falls asleep, Vaprak tears him to shreds. But if he doesn't have a wish spell, he can't defeat him. So, Well, I don't know if Vaprak does or not. Vaprak's a deity, right? De deities get, well, I don't know if they automatically get, deities get automatic stuff just for being deities, uh, Jim Moore tells us in, in Deities and Demigods. But so, you know, what's kind of scary about this, James, is that we did randomly roll this. Right. So you rolled a 10. So we're, wait, so, wait, hold on. We're in a dungeon. Right. What is, Tarask is 50 feet long. Yeah. He's in a dungeon? Well, and the rock is 60 feet long. So we, it must, this must be a cavern. Yeah. That is, I got to tell you, the Tarask being in a that seems, number one, is he only prime material plane? Yes. Whoa. Yeah, because he goes underground, he sleeps. So but that's kind of, aren't you surprised that the Tarask would be a random encounter in a dungeon? And you only roll, what did you roll? You didn't roll like a two. Yeah, I rolled a five. Well, there's, it's level 10 monster. There's only well, so many right. level 10 monsters. Well, that's right. He's a five for that table because everything else is like, you know, yeah, demon arch, lord or whatever. Archdevil, archdemon. Right. right. So I should be happy I got this guy. Whew. I mean, it's Modius. Well, the good Which news is he moves at nine, plus, and he can only rush every whatever. So what I like, well, he's only one. So where did he come from? He's not like, do you think he could be like Vaprak's illegitimate child? Ooh, that's a good that's a good legend. I like that. No, I right? have no idea. I think that's a you know, you could fill that. That's you know what we should do. We should write our module for the summer tournament, which we're starting to work on. Something yes. with the Tarasque. Just that. No, that's that is the module. Right. The Tarasque. <laughs> you just you're in the village. That's right. You're in village of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Help me, help me, Bernay. <laughs> That's right. He's like, I'm out of here. You can't defeat him. Bernays like, yeah, because Bernays like eighth level. See ya. And he has normal. Uh, what did What did you say? He had normal cowardness, or what was the, what was the thing you put up? Uh, I had it. I hang on. Yeah, he came from uh, the module, right? I think Grizzly's sleeping on it. Oh, I can't. I can't do that. I can't take it from Grizzly. I'm sorry. When Grizzly's Grizzly's on it, you don't. Right. Don't yeah. mess with Grizzly. Uh, yeah, no, I just think it's the Tarasque. All right, there you go. Right. Now you have your, your, this is why we do this. It gives people ideas on what they can do. So, all right, so 
he is going to be in a cavern that somehow the rock flies after defeating the tiger on the ninth level. He's trying to descend into the tenth level of the abyss into a volcanic mountain, a.k.a. the right. hellhole. He descends into the hellhole. Right. And he swoops around and he sees the Tarrasque. Now, you may, if you surprise me, I'm probably dormant, right? Because I, uh, I take a nap for a long time. Sure. Right? That's right. This may be quick because I may just run away. <laughs> Though I have animal intelligence, so I'm not quite sure what I would do. And I have animal intelligence. It's animal, animal, on animal magnetism. You're Let's such see. an animal. Yes, rock. Okay, yeah. All right, we better get going, man, because you know dinner soon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This, so here's for surprise. Five, oh. six. All right. So neither of us are surprised. Okay. So just so we're circling. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna attack because I don't I'm, know. For for I'm whatever rushing. reason, I think I'm gonna attack. You yeah, look sure. like. Well, because you're a large creature, such as I like feeding on large creatures such as cattle, horses, and, and elephants. So the assumption yeah. I'm going to guess is that I didn't realize that you're a legendary creature that destroys all. You just look like a giant elephant to eat. I was curled up. Right. Yeah. So you did, you thought I was just little, like a piece of cattle. Right. Tasty. So I've I've made a terrible. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, that's an under. This is the mistake of. Of all random monster segments. That's right. All right. So here's the. Uh, but how do you have to kill me? Because you know I read this, and so when I read it, I tend not to. Because you know I'm trying to concentrate on reading it well, of course. So right. what to kill me? What do you have to do? It's hard, uh, right? I have to get you to negative thirty. Oh my god! Cast the wish spell. Got it. Wow. And you don't have a wish spell. That's correct. Okay. But if you get well, what happens? Oh, so if you get me to negative thirty, and you don't cast a wish spell. You regenerate. Then, oh. You eventually Got it. Oh, wait. Otherwise, even the slightest piece of trust will regenerate. That's going to go on forever. Well, but I, the part I didn't quite... I, it's the same thing with the troll. I mean, you could just constantly hack at it. Yeah. And you, Can't you, like, stick it in? Yeah, and can't you stick it in, like, a portable hole then, like you're talking right. about, something like that? Like, right. Yeah, all right. Well, it's probably... We're not even going to get there anyway. I think the Tarrasque is going to... So the Tarrasque now... If the Tarask win, the Tarask is going to end up in our Tournament of Champions. By, well, by, because of our role, he would be part of the Tournament of Champions. <laughs> it should be like basketball where he gets the lowest seed. That's right. So if he's seed, we get a rank. So the, he'd, get the, like... he'd get the pirate or the, uh, the watchman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to rank him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's only fair. All right. Let's do it. All right. Here's All the right. initiative. Okay. Two. Five. All right, you get your attacks. That's five, sir. Six. Six, six attacks. You get six attacks. Now, it doesn't give you how many hit dice. I'm going to assume you attack at the highest level since you have 300 hit points. <laughs> yes. Just, yeah, because 300 divided by what would be 4.5 yeah. would give you its a, a approximate. Okay. Right. Now, wait a second. Now, it says I attack with my two four-limb claws. And that says, it says 1 to 12, then 1 to 2. I think that's a misprint. Like moops? Yeah. You're not going to be like George? Hey, it says 1 to 2. It says moops. Oh, Josh is on. Hey, Josh, how are you? We have. Oh, Josh is just in time to be eaten by the Tarrasque. Right. Tarrasque versus rock. Here, that's what we're doing. We, we went from spider versus fire beetle. Right. 
this is this is this is like Dusty Rhodes versus like you know a, was a Harley Race was the champ or mm, that yeah. you know, wrestling wrestling fan or you know I like lived Abdu- in Tampa and I should have been a wrestling yeah fan, it's like but. Dusty Rhodes versus Abdul the Butcher or something right. like that you know uh, Superfly Snooker versus uh, mm-hmm. Macho Man Savage or something like that I always liked yeah. Superfly Snooker I don't know if he was the top tier but did he do the Boston Crab or they Never mind. Okay. Well, that's what we've been talking about. They're commenting, why do this is... That's why we play the game, even with impossible odds. But you get your first attack. So That's right. And the dice don't lie. Look, we randomly rolled Taras. Yeah, I'm, All I'm, right. I'm saying that's a 1 to 12. Sounds good to me. I'm not complaining. All, All right. right. Here's the first so roll. So he's AC4. You need... Yeah. And as we said, animals get their full attack routine. Correct. So AC4... You need a three. Oh, were we supposed to roll distance? Oh, yeah, we should roll distance. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love to slow things down. Uh, it is uh, 60, we're 60 yards away. So you're going to oh. move to close then. Well, yeah, I got, right. I can rush. My rush is, plus, oh, yeah. so it's 15 inches rush. Yeah, I think that counts. I think you get your attacks. Okay, I roll. So first, what do I need? Uh, you need a three. <laughs> I rolled a 19. That's a hit. Okay, so this is two. Oh, okay. Let me do the first two four claws, and then an eight. So these are two one to twelves, right? Yeah. Just tell me when you get a one or a two. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I might as well just keep rolling. I just keep rolling them all. You're right. I got a sixteen. That's number three. I got a nineteen. That's number four. I'm really wasting good rolls if you think about it. I got a six, and I got an eight. Okay, so you've hit six all times. Right. Here we go. Ready? First one. Yeah. Keep the score at home. I'm gonna. Yeah. Let's keep this. Keep it at home. Literally keeping the score at your home. Okay. It's a 10. It's 10. It's an 8. 8. And then it's 2 to 24, so I get yep. to do this twice again. Yep. All right. Oh, that's a 1. That's not good. And a 6, so 7, seven. more. Yep. 5 to 50. Then, oh, my. So 5D10, obviously, right? Where's that? Okay. Which one's the uh, 10 side? Okay, yeah, the more pointy one, right, than the 8? Oh. 4. Then 6, 11. Right. While you're 18, doing that, go ahead. 22. <laughs> wow. 31 with attack number 4. 31? 31. Okay. And then I get a tie 10. That's an 8 more. And 7. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I cheated. I cheated. Don't no. do that 8. I rolled a die oh, 12. So. Go ahead. A 6 and a 7. Okay, so... I'm rolling up the 18 hit dice that he has. This is when Tarask, he, after attacking, he eats some goobers. Right. He's like, 40, this 49, is awesome. 49, 56, 40, 41, 49, 56, 62, 69 hit points. He has, the rock has, 13, 16, 24, 33, 39, 639, 79 hit points. So he had 79 hit points. Oh, now what has, did I do? How many did I do? You did 69. Ah. Uh, well, now he gets his attack. Tarasca's stunned. Yeah. How did you right? survive like, what this? The hey. Well, well uh, you know what? We did make a mistake. Yeah. What did you roll for your fourth, fifth attack? Or what attack? The fourth attack. Oh, why? 
because a savage bite, the effect of which resembles a sword of a sharpness, that a two yeah. hit score of 18 or better indicates the victim of some portion is severed. That's a good question. I don't think I rolled. Well, look, I didn't do it in the real game. You'd be like, sorry, right? Wouldn't you as a DM be like, yeah, I would have moved need, on. It's my job to pay attention to that. It's my player. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he's going to get his attack. And your armor class is what? Negative three. Negative three. Well, let's see. He needs a 10 to hit you, which is still pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty surprising. Tarask is like, what? He's going to attack with his two claws. I think he's going to try to pick up the Tarask, and he's going to realize he can't pick up the Tarask. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. You should try to, um, what is it? Not grapple. Overbear? Yeah. Well, what did David Thompson tell us? That's right. Do? Overbear. Well, he's, <laughs> he's going to attack. Oh, he's successful at hitting twice. So at least he's damaged the Tarask, who can mm -hmm. now regenerate, which is awesome. Uh, six points. And, oh, a total of 10 points. All right, I have 300. So you're, now, you're at 290 hit points. I will keep, keep that track. How does regeneration, so what happens? Does it move back and attach to my body, or does it create, is it like a black pudding? It's creating double? I, I never understood those rules. Well, uh, so it depends on the, there's different forms of regeneration, and the way you look at that, it looks in the, I, I would look at the regeneration spell, um, the ring of regeneration, so there is, uh, like, our ion stone regenerates. Some of those, the, if they only, re well, and this is from memory, I know that the troll one, because he regenerates three per level, um, it allows for limbs to come back. Uh, the ring of regeneration, I believe it, it will do that as well, as long as you somewhat attach it again, but I could be wrong. But typically, like the ion stone, it will regenerate, but if a limb is lop lopped off, it will not reef. It will not like a toad or you know like a tadpole re uh, form a new limb. Like a lizard. Yeah, lizard. That's right. Well, so yeah, because this is the pieces. It's interesting, right? Because right. the slightest piece of the Tarask will regenerate. It doesn't say that the Tarask regenerates. Correct. It says the slightest piece, but you you clearly don't have multiple. It's unique, right? I mean, otherwise right. we'd have like tons of Tarasks is yeah. out there. Multi Tarask. Correct. And we clearly don't. So um, I guess we don't have to worry. So, so uh, well, and, and, you know, you have to know that a piece has been severed, too. And in D&D, &D, you generally don't, unless you have, like, say, what, a, sh a sort of sharpness. You don't know that something has been severed, correct? You just right. have hit point damage. Correct. Well, the idea is, the, the idea is just like with a troll, what, what party members will do is, let's say if they don't have fire, They'll hack up the troll. They'll say, okay, now that he's down, because right. he, when he doesn't have enough hit points and he's regenerating, because it takes, if I recall, three rounds before the regeneration starts on a troll. So they typically beat him, the troll down, and then they hack him up into pieces until they figure out how they're going to burn the thing. Oh, because do you need to, like, put in, like, little pouches or sacks or something, these pieces? Because are they, like, what are the pieces doing? Well, just because well, they're going to start coming together again, and eventually, mm -hmm. once he has enough hit points, he'll start yeah. attacking again. So yeah. he'll get back up. So what the party does is they typically start hacking at the creature, chopping it into pieces until they can figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, so that, that yeah, so this, this one's interesting, right? So it's, it's kind of vague to me that, you know, because it says the piece will regenerate, but whatever, I Well, they're just saying if you disintegrate it or you do something that even the smallest piece, it will regenerate back. You can't, in other words, you can't yeah. kill it by right. 
uh, disintegrating it. That's not going to work. Right. Okay. But All right. I, so here's what I'm going to adjudicate because I'm already bored with this. Uh, the rock came in. You attacked it. It attacked you. It then, because it was flying, it actually crash landed and it took ten points of damage and it's dead. You didn't want me. I was going to kill it next round. No, I, 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 look, we're, we're, that seems cruel to do that at this point. But it, it's dead in front of you. Now you can start consuming it. Like. It's just like, eat me. <laughs> it just it gives up. <laughs> Make it fast. That's right. So, yeah, so, we're, okay. so, so now we're going to have to decide what happens with the terrestrial. We're going to have to make a roll, I think, for next time to see if it starts wandering. Because if it doesn't wander, it's really not the champion because it's just going to sit there, right? We're going to the 11th layer. I think he's wandering. He's he right. He's he's grinder. So you're saying he's awakened Looking now because of this? Yeah. So I okay. think right. Don't you oh, think that's, he? That's fine. I'm good look, with that. Look, it doesn't really matter. Look, I think we've talked about the fact that you can only win so many, right? Okay. You're not going to win forever. Yeah, I got you. You got to retire. I got you. I oh. like it because it'll go quick from now on. Yeah. So he'll just eat all the. Listen, you know, there's been people who've been overly confident before creatures over right. Right. Scarlet Rose. Yeah. Overly confident. So, yeah, I think he's now like, okay. All right. I'm hungry. Sounds tasty. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep burrowing down to the levels of the abyss to get more food. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going with it. I'm going with I it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't, don't take it. Don't take it. And look, James, you're missing something here. Mm -hmm. Who gets to be the Tarrasque next time? Oh, that's right. I like that. Right? Have a little fun, James. You've earned it. I like that because I will make sure death will be quick. Death will and be I'm quick. not going to give up like that, like Rock. And, and the real Rock would never give up here. No, you know? no he'd never give up the ship. But right. it's 4.15, I'm giving up the ship. So that's because I'm... Don't I, give up the ship. I'm, okay. I, I want to go to spell selection, which I... Because again, do it. I, what was so interesting about our conversation with Ernie is we were just talking about Nico and I, the production goblin, about Tensor's transformation and Kona Cold. And both were brought up. So that was super cool. That was very cool. And by the way, uh, he sent a, a note saying, thanks, it was great fun to be on our show. So He was such a good guest. He's such a nice guy. So, you know what I love about so many of these, these players who, you know, in our minds, they're, you know, they're obviously, they're legends. They're so approachable. Uh, and right. they're just, they're, they're so uh, generous uh, with their time. Absolutely. And was, not like we're paying them for that, you know. He, no. he agreed to spend the time with us. It was very nice. Uh, without knowing who the heck we are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's regretting no. that decision, but uh, he's, That's no idea. At this point, okay. he's got to live with it. All right, let's go. Illusionist spell. Come on, I feel it. We've never had illusionist spell. I think we I have had it. illusionist spell. No, maybe you're right. I don't. Actually, I have listened to some of roll shows. Because you're a narcissist. You're... That's why. Like me. Yeah, yeah. You're very funny, actually. Well, thank you. I feel you make the same me laugh. Way. And you know what actually is interesting hmm. is that when I listen to our old shows, I learn stuff because, I, as you know, I've forgotten it. And, like, you explain it all. I'm like, oh, that's okay. I forget what I was learning about the other day. But I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I have more time to pay attention to it. You know, I'm not worried about how to do the show. I sit back and I soak it all in. But, okay, who cares? All right. Uh, you roll in the percentile yeah. for type of spell. It is a magic user spell. I'm going to uh, let you roll to see if it's an illusionist spell. No, this, no, no. Okay, I will roll, but you know what? I hope it isn't. And you know why? Mm. Because, look, we had Ernie Gygax on the show. Tensor. Okay. It should be a magic user spell. So watch. It's not going to be. I can feel it because the dice don't lie. 96. Nope. <laughs> no, 27. <laughs> the dice don't lie. Okay. You have Tensor on the show. You get a magic user All right, spell. D10. Would, it would be amazing. 
Okay, Tensor has a spell at what? Level one. Right. And the six. floating disc. And so it would be amazing if we got a one or a six, wouldn't it? Yes. Would that freak you out? Not really. Okay. Who's rolling it? You are. It's a, ton, a ten-sided. That's the point. Or that's the, the well. It's whatever. <laughs> it's like ten-sided. It's a nine. Ooh, we're doing. We we're got all, some serious we're, business. We're ultra powerful today. Whoa, it's a powerful show. Maybe we'll pick Wish. If we get Wish, that would be appropriate Ooh. because we just talked about it. Yes, but wait, no. But it comes too late for you. Oh, you didn't do Divine Intervention. Oh my goodness, that's right. And you got to roll. Wait, who is it? This is the rock. Oh, so we need the rock. God of birds or something. Yes. I'm sure there's an Where's avian. Carlos? It, well, he's not on today because he's, he's got. He's working probably. He's, uh, he's got, I had to go to work. Here's, here, here's. Whew, it almost, it went from zero, zero, 005 to, it's 95. So, no. <laughs> 95, okay. The exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, <he's> totally. <laughs> to pew, pew. He kills us. <laughs> I'm angry at you. Okay. All right. So now is, do you know how many level nine spells there are? I do because I saw it. So Okay. That would be 12 then. Who's rolling for you it? You are. You, sir. Okay. Thank you. Oh, hang on. That was cocked. A six. That's not wish. Oh, monster summoning seven. Oh, I think. We get to, we get to summon another monster. It's like a whole like, other random encounter like, roll. I feel like we did this. Did we do seven or we, did we do six? I don't oh, know. I don't know. I Monster remember. Summoning Seven is pretty nasty. Yes. But we've done Monster Summoning. Right. So we, should we, just look at the, we should just look at the table to see okay. what you can get from that. Okay. So All right. for, those who, that? for those who are playing at home, Monster Summoning Seven, which is a ninth level spell, is on page 93. You have to go to Appendix L, if I remember correctly. Oh, wait. What, what book are we in? You're going to the Dungeon Master's Guide, Appendix L. Okay. I'm staying at the Player's Handbook, page 93. Oh. Just to, to let you know. So you, you're, the monsters you would summon will be around for 26 rounds because you're 18th level. You have to be an archmage in order to cast this. And David Thompson, the chamberlain who would normally be on, would also remind us that you have to have an 18 intelligence in order to cast ninth level spells. Oh, that's right. We talk, is, that, is that in the intelligence table I on believe the, player, so. the Player's Handbook? Okay. But I'm going to verify that. Okay. Because now I, want, I don't want to say something. Yes, minimum intelligence for use of ninth level magic spells, 18. Okay. And you've pointed out before that we could be in water, right? The conjured animals doesn't depend upon where you are. What's yeah. the difference between summoned? Oh, so, what's the difference between summoned and conjured? Well, conjured is the illusionist or the cleric. We went. We talked about that. Oh, so we are summoning. That's right. So we're M. Yeah. L is L, conjured. I'm sorry. L, you're correct. Uh, okay. See. This is old school pictures, right? Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. Right. Blink, blink dogs eating displacer beasts. Exactly. That's how it sounds like one of our random monster episodes, right? Okay. So now, oh, so seven. So I'm all the way, okay, at the very end then. Oh, remember that it is always within your. We've done this before, right? So you could select it. The DM can pick whatever they want. Right. I don't. Oh. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. But they. they he kind of says don't do that because your players will be sad. But we're gonna do it. Oh yeah, we're gonna do random. Who's rolling? Now, what? Uh, this spell summons one through seventh level monsters here in one round, or one eighth level monsters. So see. So what's interesting in the actual. Um, 
player's handbook, which obviously was changed. This spell summons one to two seventh level monsters, which appear one round after the spell's cast, or one eighth level monster. But clearly now there's a monster summoning seven table, so you wouldn't be doing that. What's an eighth level? What do they mean by eighth level monster? You would, because they had different levels of monster, like, you know, the dungeon under Appendix C. Returning or flipping? Red turning and flipping, of course. <laughs> oh, monster. monster level, like the random. Oh, so under the player's handbook, you do the seven or eight business here. Right. You would have done it. Well, wait, but right. the player's handbook came, came out. Came out. So it probably initially they just used this and then they decided to create one specially for summoning. That's my guess. Yeah, I don't think Jody screwed up the manuscript. No, uh, clearly not. Okay. So, all right, so that's sort of changed. All right, so we're going, sorry, I'm back flipping. Page 223. All right, thank you. And I'm going to okay. check, even though I'm pretty sure there's no special rules except see previous ones for monster summoning, you know, the, the cold shower, uh, right. cold water thing. Yep. Oh, we forgot to ask Ernie about that. Oh, well. Yeah, that's too bad. Okay. All right. Well, while you're looking at that, I'll roll percentile to see what is summoned. Okay. It just says for a list of monsters summoned, see appendix M, which is good. So that's perfect. Right. M. Um, right. Okay. So roll percentages. Okay. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. A stone giant. Are they neutral? Yes. No. They're yes. Neutral. They're neutral. They're not baddies. Um, okay. So you get a stone giant, and he. I'd be disappointed if I got a stone giant to be. Because look at the other options. Some of them are amazing. Some yeah. are not so great. You could get a type 3 demon. You could get a horned devil, a bone devil, a barb devil. You get a fire giant. You get a gorgon, a hydra with 10 heads. That seems pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a shidu or a roper. Wow. A shidu. Isn't that what saved us in the... Uh... Yes. Wherever we were. And what's interesting, on page 222, it says, if the summoner is evil, the monster in parentheses may be used. Well, that's contrary. That's almost opposite. Why would you want to get a Shidu when you're an evil magic user? Mm. Because then you're like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I'm forcing you to do this. You're right, exactly. A specter. A giant slug. I would. I don't think I'd feel so happy if I got a giant slug. Umber Hulk, Will of the Wisp, or Zorn. So, some of these are pretty amazing. Now, again, that's assuming. Now, did we determine if we were on a body of water? We did not. Okay. Does the hell hole have water? Well, it doesn't sound like it has hell. Uh, the, <laughs> it has hell, but no water. And again, this Where do you is, see the parent? Where's the parenthesis business? On two twenty-two. Oh, oh, at the beginning. Yes, sir. Got it. The summoner's evil. The monster in parentheses may be used. Yeah, that is interesting. And are they are. I assume they are all good stuff. Yeah, like Blink Dog. That is funny, isn't it? So yeah. So if you're evil, you get. You're like yeah, because uh, you know I get to see you know, good against. Right. You know, good against good. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Right. How do you like that? And they have to do right? what you're going to do. Right. I like that paladin. You're being attacked by a... Uh, she do. She do. Okay. And then on the next page, 224, is remember that it's always within your purview that we talked about. Um, the major drawback to personal selection is the players may view this as personal bias on the part of the DM. 
with a pro or con. So there you go. So that's why we like right. random. We love random. Right. But do. it says, if when monster summoning is cast upon a body of water or underwater, this is when you'd use this other table. So that's why I asked you. Well, apparently we weren't. No, we're not. It's very okay. the, the, the monster summoning for water is pretty crappy. You get a Morkoth, a Naga Water, another or Morkoth, a Giant Manta Ray, or Squid. So if you have a ninth level spell, you're not going to use this on Monster Summoning. That's just my opinion because it kind of, it's not very good. Unless you're out. Well, but you would, I would have never memorized it. Why would you? you would, unless, unless you're the 18th level wizard and you go, fi, you, you've all done all this adventuring and right. there's no archmage to help you, and you the only ninth level spell you have is <laughs> No, I told summon. you. No, you know where you use it. We've talked about this. Oh, yes, and it's true, in the market. In the market. <laughs> I'm bored. To me, it's you should Wednesday, be able to summon Wednesday. the... You should, you should be able to summon the Tarrasque. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, but you got to better get out of there. <laughs> to me, that the would be The Tarrasque seems risky. Yeah. Well, but I guess if you summon it, it's on your side, you know? No, that, that would be super cool. Okay. Shall we talk about uh, quickly about uh, Dragon Magazine, since it is the last day of... Right, we have to do that. And okay. we have to do... Are we, we're not done with Gnome Illusionist. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I think you're... I, think you're, I mean, it's 4.30. You got... I was trying to help you out. You're the one... You were saying we no, move along. No, we just want to move right. along. I, only because um, I don't want to get in trouble. But I fixed the air conditioning, so I think I'm in good shape. Yes, that was a lot of money. Well, I mean, it was your wife's money too. Well, <laughs> like you just paid for it. It feels okay. like I just paid for it because uh, yeah, that's we don't share a bank account, so that's how often? How often do you say to your wife, "Look, it was Dan"? Oh, all the time. Yeah, that's like yeah. You know how people say, uh, you know, thank God, Dan did yeah. that. That's Dan's. Yeah. Part. Because I'm like, yeah, I, like just during this last break, I was right. like, yeah, James. He wants to keep going. He wants to keep going. <laughs> I wanted to stop. I wanted to stay. I wanted to go cook you a nice dinner. Right. I want, uh, yeah, do something. Instead, we got to yeah. keep going back to this. James. We, we have people on. We have people listening. Why would we deny them this? And uh, You're right. we've got to finish up strong. All right, cool. Okay. All right. Where, uh, so, okay. So, uh, we, uh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> where. We it's are. One past, it's two past the gelatinous cube. Oh, after getting by the gelatinous cube, so we did that. Then we continued to the door. Um, uh, we, we looked in the chamber, and we, did we see ruined furniture, bloodstains, yeah, rancid I, food? I think so. What was after the gelatinous cube? There's some other creature that... No, a gorbel. I don't, what's a gorbel? Oh, no, we didn't do a gorbel. We thought... didn't do a gorbel, did we? No, no, we, we, we got past... So we're, we're two after, right? We did one after the gelatinous cube. We did the vault. I think was the next one, wasn't it? Volt. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did K. Yeah. I think we're on to uh, L now. Right. All right. Is this the last one? <laughs> Do you want it to be? No, I, I wanted to. I, why? Who am I to deny the last of this? We're dead, we're so it doesn't matter. We're just we're, we're we're doing more of these after we're done with this one. Oh really? Just to let you know. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. You continue on your mission up to the door at the end of the corridor, which leads to the golem. You get the door opened with no problem and see what looks like what used to be Maximus's chamber. Uh, it looks totally ruined with furniture overturned, blood stains on the floor, rancid food lying on a nearby table, 
and broken weapons scattered along the floor. This 40 by 40 foot wide chamber has a door directly across from where you entered the room and you fear the clay golem waits behind it. As you sit there and ponder your method of attack, you notice this funny looking creature running towards you on two powerfully clawed legs. It must have come out of the rubble and heard you. It is a red globe about three feet in diameter with a small mouth and six eye stalks on top of its head. Hmm. You know it is a gorble. I'm glad my PC does because uh, I don't know what the heck this I, thing I, is. I still am not sure what it, I think it's a fiend folio thing. No, this is perfect though. You can't look, dude. No, I'm not. Okay, because this is perfect. This is like, well, actually, it's not perfect because we our character knows it's a gorble. So I guess we wouldn't be meta metagaming would be not looking. Right. <laughs> not metagaming would be looking. This is one of those strange situations. Metagame, not metagaming would be looking up the creature. Uh, but this will be fun. This would be like, you know, typically when you run into a creature, you don't know what it is. The gorble is about 10 feet away, yet rapidly approaching. You decide to. Okay, everyone, are you listening? Because here are your choices. Here's the choices. One, attack it immediately with mace. Two, use staff of fear to scare it away, having dagger ready for melee in case it fails. Three, throw dagger, then hide behind nearby table with sword ready for melee. Four, use ring of lightning on it with sword ready if it fails or if the creature survives it. Five, cast a spell illusion at this obvious illusion using scroll or by casting, then walk with dagger in hand just in case. Six, cast improved phantasmal force of walls and ceiling falling in on the creature. If it fails, attack. If it fails, attack it immediately with sword in one hand, dagger in the other. Seven, throw dart at it, then jump behind nearby table, waiting for melee with it with short sword in hand. Eight, ask suggestion for it to, quote, leave or be harmed. If it fails, attack immediately with sword. Nine, cast invisibility, then attack it with sword. Ten, change self into elf and approach it, friendly looking, telling it in alignment, you mean it no harm, having dagger ready just in case it attacks. Well, so there's your ten choices. Uh, the one that they, uh, can I add an eleventh? Attempt, no. attempt to speak with burring animals because it looks right. like a burring animal. So this chart does not go to eleven. Ah, well, that's what I would have picked. But okay. Well, that sort of the ten is very similar. I mean, I think you're sort of a tenish person, then, don't you think? Yeah, I, I feel like. Well, I'm dead already. So based I think, upon your past choices, your most recent choices, right. I you, I think you'd be a ten. Yeah, if I was still alive, and the new me would be a ten. So yeah, we're all dead. We're like undead. Right. right we're all. We put the quarter in to keep going, even though it doesn't <laughs> right. feel right. It doesn't feel That's the right. same. The rich, the rich get to continue living. Yeah, d and should be that way. Just give me money, and it's not a TPK. That's right. I like that. That is very good. All right, so if anyone, uh, Josh goes with four. The ring of lightning on it. I think, I wonder ten. if I've used it. Bucky's going with ten, so there's two Bucky. of us. Bucky, I like it. I'm glad somebody went with ten. I'm going with ten. You're right. You're going with ten? Of course. No, I'm going to use, I'm going with two. I'm going to try to scare it away with my staff of fear. Oh, that's that's almost as bad, so that's good. <laughs> Thank you for your confidence. Well, I, well, in order of horrible, ten is bad, eight's pretty bad, six is pretty bad, suggestion, improve phantasm. These are things I think you would do, improve phantasmal force. Thank you. Suggestion. You would cast invisibility, then attack, so your invisibility would go away. That's up there. Uh, so yeah, that's good. At what, at what point do I get my feelings hurt? 
No, I'm just I'm I'm modeling how you play your characters. You're, it's not right. it's not saying it's wrong. I'd role play this. I'd parlay. <laughs> you parlay. That's right. Parlay. You, you you'd be trying to convince me that yeah. this thing with eleven eyes is a is a burring mammal. Yeah, I have a twelve. I have a twelve charisma. Okay. Are we ready? Yes, we're ready. I don't think anyone else. The rest of the people are just listening and they can't believe they're they're spending their time doing. They're this. lurking or they've wandered off. Right. Okay. L one. What was L1? Sorry, do you remember what L1 was? Attack with mace. Okay. And no one picked L1, right? No. It grabs you with claws. Mace, no effect on it. So take 10 hit points of damage from clawing before hitting with sword, which causes it to explode, oh. giving you another four hit points of damage. Wow. Okay. It's very explodey. L2. What was L2? Fear. Staff of fear. Oh, is this? That's me. Yeah. Doesn't work. <laughs> take three hit points of damage from claws and two hit points of damage from explosion after stabbing it. Oh, well, so... I acted quickly afterwards. Three. Throw dagger and then attack with sword. Dagger hits. It explodes. Take only one hit point of damage. Oh, so this is like, that makes me like a gas spore. Yeah. You just got to like hit this thing and explode. It seemed all scary. You just kind of hit it and explodes. Okay. Four. I don't remember. Some kind that of, was some of lightning. A oh, ring of lightning. That's right. And someone selected four, right? Yes. So. Josh did. Josh. Lightning works. It explodes, ah. but you do take three hit points of damage. So there's there's a blast zone of right. this thing. Yeah. Five. Dispel illusion. Did anyone pick five? No. Good. It grabs you, claws you. You take two hit points of damage. After you stab it, you take four more hit points of damage from explosion. This all seems to be sort of the same, right? right there explodes, has, there hasn't been a lot of dispel illusion. You'd think that was the whole point of this is to show you when to do that, but... I get it. Right. Six is right. improved phantasmal force. This would be the one I thought you would have picked. Well, it has no effect on this non-intelligent creature. Ah, there you go. It claws you for three hit points of damage. Then after you stab it again, it explodes. Two more hit points. Oh. Seven. This is the dart, I believe, right? Yes, behind that's the right. Towering behind the table. Mm-hmm. Dart misses. Take four hit points of damage <laughs> from explosion after hitting it first. Okay? Eight. Suggestion. Spell has no effect, right? Because, yeah, not... Uh, not intelligent. Uh, spell has no effect. Claw does three hit points following explosion. Three hit points of damage. I like how some he's like punishing you right. more. Maybe he's rolling the dice randomly. Maybe that would be kind of <laughs> Well, I'll have to get him back on and ask him. Nine. What was nine? Invisibility. That's what you're doing. An attack, wasn't it? No, no. I did staff of fear. I'm already done. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. you did too. I was thinking about invisibility. Right. Uh, you appear after hitting it first. Well, that's true. Take one hit point of damage from explosion. That's not a bad idea, then. That wasn't bad. And this is ten. This is the best. Change self to an elf and say you're not a problem. It doesn't work instant death. No, it it, it doesn't work. Same damage as L8, which is that claw does three hit points following explosion, three more hit points. Yes, I took the the most. Excellent. Yes. Me and Bucky. I'm an elf. (laughs) Why would you pick elf? I'm frivolous. Right. I'm flighty. Why would you pick elf? Pick a gnome. Oh, you're a gnome anyway. Just change self to more of yourself. (laughs) <laughs> that seems so there, all right and so that of course was first encounter oh, is magazine. that the end that's it we that's don't fight we don't fight well, the clay golem oh no no you are meaning for this episode I oh just, for those people who maybe have stumbled upon this video and strangely started watching it at this you know on episode 60 yeah that is of course very uh, good so you have you ever played a gnome fighter we have, illusionist? We have new fans coming all the time it's true and leaving but uh they usually don't get to this We're not part. actually making, that's right. We're not actually increasing because the same amount leave. that can, But that's okay. That's right. It's okay. We have new fans. Okay. Now uh, we're talking about Dragon 37. Okay. 
So, Chow, we, uh, how do you want to do that? You want to just talk about some of the highlights? Well, I actually uh, read this one for once. So I read it, too. I didn't yeah. read all of it. Well, I you, mean, I, you're I, usually very studious at this. That was, not, that was a slam on me versus uh, uh, on you. No, that's not true. You just read that one time. You did the wrong homework. You read <laughs> the wrong one. <laughs> that's why you weren't prepared. You, were, you misread the syllabus. I was like, oh, I, I'm, and I was very passionate about it. I'm talking about this and that. You're yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah, because someone was wrong. I'm like, okay, did I miss that? Well, I treat, I treat it the way, and yes, part of this is being lazy, but I treat this the way I would treat a real Dragon magazine. If I got it in the mail, which ones would I stop and read? Which ones would I pass over? So I'm not reading the entire thing. Right. No, I, th I agree with that. Uh, so hold on. Dragon number three. I'm trying oh, to... Uh... Try, let me. I was going to show it for people because okay. I don't know how many people have Dragon Thirty Seven. So well, you go show ahead. it to him, and I'll, you, you I'll get started. So, right, so this is Dragon Number Thirty Seven. What we've been doing is discussing the White Dwarf and Dragon magazines from forty years ago each month, and so this, of course, came out in May nineteen eighty. And uh, what I noticed in Dragon Number Thirty Seven, right off the bat, is it was announcing the departure. Of Tim Cass, yes. right? Who he he was no, he had not been the editor. I think for a couple issues, Jake Jaquette was already the editor, but Tim Cass yeah, went into another role uh, for his last few months, if I recall correctly, and and now he has uh, departed. Uh, and so it's of course Jake Jaquette uh, is the editor at this point of the Dragon magazine. Do we, we actually ask him about that when he was on? Yeah, I think we did. Um, if I recall, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, and I hate to I hate to try to say what he said based on memory as opposed to going back and looking at it. Um, I think that um, yeah, I don't think he wanted to. If my recollection is he didn't want to leave, I, I can't. I, I'd have to go back and watch. Yeah, I, I have to look at it too. But I I do recall, you know, because the way it talks about it in the magazine is it's oh, is he he made this decision, which is yes. interesting. They said he left for yeah he left for his own reasons I think is what they say in Dragon Thirty Seven and we I think we did ask him about that. Um, you know what I think is interesting about it is you know even though you know both you and I got into D and D in the eighties, Tim. So so when we got into D and D in the eighties, Tim Cask had already departed. But right. you know the name Tim Cask to me is synonymous with Dragon Magazine because of course I think he's the one that took he had been doing strategic review. And he takes uh, he he starts you know Dragon Magazine then as the editor of Dragon Magazine from the outset from what episode you know issue one through the thirties, so by the time you and I and so many of us started playing, Tim Cask had departed, but he's still I think even for people like us kind of synonymous with Dragon Magazine. But now now it's it's Jake Jaquette. Um, okay, I liked um, and I know you're, you're trying to pull it up there right for people right. So keep going. So sure. So I, I tell you. Well, let me ask you this: Can you guess some of the things that I like? I liked this edition. It's getting long. Yeah, it was. Long. I liked this issue. It's starting to have more of the feel. I think. I don't know if that's true, but it, I got the sense it's starting to have that kind of '80s feel. Right. That I like. Uh, not the cover yet. I mean, I like the cover, but it doesn't have that kind of feel that I'm used to from the mid '80s, uh, early to mid '80s. But um, can you think of some of the articles that would appeal? to someone like, because there's a few things in here like, yeah, I like that. that that's a keeper. That's the kind of thing that I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to dog ear it. I'm going to use this when I play games. Well, 
Um, going over my notes, now I have it up for them. Now the problem is, can I, uh, see that's, a, do I, am I able to, okay, that's not gonna work. I just have the cover for them, that kind of sucks. Uh, which well, that's one? fine, because they, they should, they, they want a copy, Dragon Number 37, they should, they should purchase a copy. Yeah, I guess so, I guess that'll work. Um, let me look at my list. I would say you you would be fans of uh, the Greyhawk discussion that Gary I found had. It, I found it interesting. So Sorcerer's Scroll is interesting. It's very historic, right? So Gary's got the Sorcerer's Scroll articles, and it's I you know I'm not a Greyhawk. I'm not a big Greyhawk person. Not like you know so many people were. Right. Um, I was yeah I was okay with it. But what I did like about his I did like I all. Anything Gary writes is of interest, right? And, and I, I found the Sorcerer's Scroll article just fascinating because it, it was really a window in time, right? He's talking about Greyhawk coming out. The Folio edition has come out. He was talking about Deities and Demigods is going to be released at Gen Con and should be on the shelves, what, by August 15th? Being Folio. He, Right, which was clearly delayed, right? He, yeah. he talks about the Fiend Folio is supposed to come out, um, I think, you know, that sum, this summer— being 1980, and I, I had to run and check the copyright, and the copyright's 1981. Right. So it sounds like the Fiend Folio was delayed. But I, he talks about Jim Ward, circling back to our discussion with, uh, uh, with Ernie, talks about how Jim Ward has accepted a position yes. to come on and is going to be coming on. Again, I think so many of us probably forget that Jim Ward writes Deities and Demigods uh, he co-authors deities and demigods when he was not a full-time employee. Right, it was, he was a freelancer, basically. He was a freelancer, and so I yes, I did like anything Gary writes is, is interesting. I, I liked it as a, a sort of a window in time. Oh, what's interesting on Sorcerer's Skull? You, remember, you notice this where he's talking about how T two yes. Temple of Elemental Evil is he's favorite. already getting pressure that it's late. Right, and it's even it, isn't it like 1985? It's, it's much Correct. later, isn't it? And it's and he doesn't. I mean, he does some of it, but it's really not him. It's uh, I forgot who did it. I think I have that uh, version. Where is it? I should have had this planned. I'm sorry. No, no problem. Well, no problem. Well, I mean, not to be hard to have everything that you know, the Dragon Magazine talks about. But yeah, he he talks about how Hamlet was easy to put out. It wasn't that difficult. Again, circling back to our conversation with with Ernie and, and the Village of Hamlet. But uh, yeah, so there, as early as oh, May guess. 1980, I guess Gary is feeling the pressure uh, to to bring out the sequels uh, to uh -huh. Village of Hamlet. Well, yeah, and I'm pretty sure he didn't he did not. Uh, his he had the idea, but it was was it Roger? Who was it? Roger Moore that wrote it? Who finished up Temple of Elemental Evil? It wasn't him. I don't think it's Roger. I mean, I don't know. It could have been, but I don't know. I tend to pay very close attention to to what Roger does. Watch it will be Roger. <laughs> oh, Frank Metzer helped him. It was Gary okay. Knight's Frank Metzer. Metzer uh, okay. did it. So. So yeah, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of took it a different. I don't say different approach, but it wasn't the same. Because again, he he didn't have a chance to finish it basically. So, and I, I liked he he talked about Castle Greyhawk, right? Which is of course you know it's not been fully released all the dungeon levels. Ernie talked about that in the show today, yeah. right? That his uh, that Gary's second wife uh, has possession of it, and uh, so that he was hoping, I guess, to put that out too. So I don't know. Yeah. So so the answer to your question is, 
yes, I did like Sorcerer's Scroll because it was just a fascinating. You know, if we're doing this to kind of get an idea of what was it like 40 years ago, the Sorcerer's Scroll gives a wonderful uh, window uh, into what it was like 40 and, years ago. And I find it interesting now, which I didn't find as interesting then when I was, whatever, 10 or 11 because I didn't really care. I was more interested in mechanics or something that was interesting, not future game products. Maybe I should have. I think when I got older and started reading Dragon, I was a little more interested. But the whole mens rea of what was going on with the company didn't seem very interesting to me. It is fascinating now because, like you said, it's a window into where they were. They also mentions about Skip Williams working on Shadowland, which I don't even know if that ever – did that come out or didn't come out? I didn't get a chance to look at it. I don't know. But we better figure it out because Skip Williams is going to be a guest. That's why I brought the it show. up. So, yeah, so we better get it figured out. And hopefully he shouldn't watch this clip. Can you edit this part out? No. I think I think we need to. I think this is how we're going to open the show. I don't know what has he done. I don't remember. So well, do you do you do you notice how Skip Williams was also mentioned in Sage Advice by Gene Williams, yes. where she says that not Gene Williams, Gene Wells, Gene Wells, where she where she says that the first letter, the Skip Williams saw it yeah. and went he he I, it was like a panic spell, right? Right. He's like a scare oh, spell. Forget it. I'm not dealing with it. Well, it's it's ridiculous, but uh, yeah. So uh, that was interesting. Um, I think you like the Montes. I think you would have liked that. Yeah, so, right, so Len Lakafka has a little pantheon called the Montes. And so, you know, I got to tell you, I always struggle to understand what's going on with the Monty Hall business with, with Jim Ward and that. Is it, you know, are, are, so what's your take on that? Is Len poking fun? Are people poking fun at the Monty Hall? I mean, Jim Ward says he he admits it right he gave away you know he had tough adventures he but he would give away a lot of treasure and he, he's not apologetic about it but if i recall correctly he acknowledged that monty hallway it was it was gary said to him you're a monty hall right right well, so, he's, he's the example basically in the dmg where where so is there a DMG? well he says don't be like the monty hall players the actual oh, is that in the dmg yeah the monty hall is the term uh, I know it's the term. I didn't know it'd been canonized. So it's to speak. canonized yeah. in the DMG, and, and I, of course, I can't. I'm not going to be able to find it. Uh, right? Is it not in the index under M? You would think so. <laughs> see, uh, see Jim Ward. <laughs> oh, so I, what is it? What's going on here? Do I get is, extra is, credit if I find it? Page ninety-two. Wow! Very nice. Yeah, these godlike a placement of magic items. Uh, these godlike characters boast and strut about with their retinues of ultra powerful servants and scores of magic items, artifacts, relics adorned with them, adorning them as if they were Christmas trees decked out with tinsels and ornaments. Not only are such Monty Hall games a crashing bore for most participants, they are a headache for their DMs as well. So, do you have any sense? Was Len poking fun at I? I, I... I didn't know, you know, I need things. I'm not good with indirect things. I right. need things quite plain for me. So Was, I would, I would, I get that. I would associate it like this. Yes. It's the, your favorite. Yeah. Well, this, this actual thing I bought. You're holding up a, and James, for those right. people who are listening to this podcast, the, James is holding up not a D&D gnome, Correct. like a Target garden gnome. A tar I would not spend as much money on a Target gnome. This is, this is a Dollar Tree gnome. That so I, I see. So, so you think, so you think Len, so, what you, so you're equating that with what Len is doing. So right. you're saying he's sort of poking fun at. Correct. Okay. That's it. Mo I don't know. Mocking it in a way that, uh, um, 
showing more concern than you really should be. Like I have this Twitter feud with, it's not a feud, a debate back and forth. Someone loves gnomes, and every time I see him post something about gnomes, I put up something that they should be destroyed utterly. Well, I hope that they're giving you the business. Um, is <laughs> actually, that's me, James. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm I'm gnome one two four. That's right. <laughs> Well, so, I, I all the other numbers were taken. Gnome lover one two four. No, I'm, no, I'm gnome lover one two four. Exactly. So, because uh, there's apparently another 123 gnome lovers on Twitter. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Lens, I can't do anything with his pantheon. So it really wasn't anything significant for me, right? Because you know, I'm not using that pantheon. So I don't know. So, so that article didn't do it. You know what I really liked? Uh, I liked the random encounters for. For cities and adventures. I do like that. I like the urban. Yep. So there's random encounters for urban adventures. I liked that. I really liked neutral dragons. You did. See, I'm surprised. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Why are you surprised? I don't know. I just, I was, uh, I've never been a huge fan of them. I don't, I, I don't dislike them. They're like meh to me. So that's, uh, but I'm, I'm curious to hear why you like them. Well, I'm not so sure why. So um, I'm a complicated guy, right? But I think I think that what I like is I like takes on traditional monsters. I think that's fun too. So I don't like these very strange, weird monsters. A lot of the Fiend Folio stuff, unless it was we talked about this many times. You know, if it's Tizen Thane's pet that he found, okay, that's cool. It's good for a module. Uh, but I do like sort of take like I liked the idea of I had not known about Damon's. Right, neutral, right. evil. I thought that was interesting. There's a place for that, and so why wouldn't there be neutral? Uh, so it's kind of to me, it's kind of quirky, right? I mean, it's a take on uh, dragons um, to have them. So I liked him. I liked the idea of of neutral dragons, and I do appreciate what the author said, which was, look, by this point in time, everybody knows, right? If you see it, like I like the orange dragon. You know, I like some of those other colored dragons that were in Dragon Magazine, right? I, I like orange dragons. So I like the fact that it enables you to provide a dragon that your players are not going to be familiar with. Now, what was interesting to me is that the, the guy who wrote it said that this will give an opportunity for your players to kill a dragon and get lots of loot without knowing what it is. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a second. Are neutral creatures, you just kill them? So is that what it is? Is it, I'm a good character. So I can kill anything good and anything neutral? Well... It's, uh, that's not the way we play it. We tend to play it where if you're a good character, you certainly would not fight other good characters unless you had a reason. The neutral character, and, and a reason being, you know, because there, there are examples, for instance, two kingdoms that could be lawful good, sure. they could be at war with each other. So I you think could, the elves and the dwarves could, right? right? I mean, there's right. animosity. That could certainly lead to hostility. Right, so... There's some, but it, it's certainly not done lightly and capriciously. Whereas, and the same thing with neutral. So in the giant series, um, the players rightly, you know, if they saw a frost giant, they would totally murder it because uh, they were good characters. But stone giants, they would only uh, kill them if they didn't surrender. As soon as they surrendered, they they so let them so go. it's a shake. It's a shakedown. Right then, it's a shakedown. You mean surrender and give me your stuff? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a shakedown. So I see. So here's here's what it is. Good, unless there's some sort of, you know, war or reason, 
you get along. Right. This is your rule. If it's if it's evil, feel free to kill. Murder, set them on fire. You've seen everything. Yeah. You... Exactly. We know how players are. And neutral is in the middle. Right. Don't kill if they surrender, but you can take all their stuff. Right. Or or leave them alone. Uh, or right. possible. You know. Or don't steal all their stuff. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, but so if, you didn't. But also, but some of them would definitely try to provoke them so that they would do something so they could kill them and take their stuff. <laughs> Which is really yes, just as that's sort of a way to circumvent what you're talking about. So you all right? So you weren't a fan. So you're not inclined. Yeah, you're just mad because they're neutral. Because they're not good. They're not evil. They're just like, hey, I'm a dragon. Yeah, and and uh, um, not burning villages. <laughs> yeah, he's he's ambivalent to that. Um, to me, <laughs> the intelligent creatures, I like the idea that they have an ethos that they support or are against. And neutrality is technically an ethos, but they're, you know, it's more complicated. To me, neutral is you don't care about the cosmic struggle. You know, so, you know, we've talked about are we good or neutral? You know, I don't care about the political motive to do the best for people. I just want to be left alone, live my life. I don't want to inflict pain on other people, but I also don't think the systems that are people have projected, if they're taken to their extreme, will cause problems. You know, whatever. Well, now, now keep in mind, you might be what you're saying might be more apt for true neutral, of course, right? Because right. if you're chaotic neutral, lawful neutral, you do have feelings, right? Okay. Are but, any of those? But I thought most of them are all. They're mostly neutral. Neutral. I was just going to ask you that. They may all be true neutral. I can't remember actually now that we talk about it, which actually would be a bummer, because I would. It would be much cooler to have. Because if you had a chaotic neutral one, he could be like in command of right chaos. <laughs> From get smart, right? So he could be like you know, let's wreak some chaos here, or to the lawful. Uh, neutral. He's got less to do, but yeah, it would have been a little bit. It says I they're think, all neutral. Okay, so they are all true neutrals. So, you know, the only thing is, so I agree with you. I don't like the true neutrals much. I wish that they had been some chaotic neutral would be pretty cool, right? A chaotic neutral dragon. Right. What I did thought, think was an interesting take, though, is because they're all neutral, they get druid spells. Yes, which, again, going back to that druid is, the, you know, that's why the neutral cleric didn't, wasn't a big thing until it was. Right. Because if you're a neutral cleric, you're supposed to be a druid. You're not supposed to get... Uh, well, that's right. First edition, you're not. There is no. I mean, there is a neutral cleric. It's a druid. Yeah, but then later with Greyhawk, they expanded because you could be in the Greyhawk folio. They were neutral deities, and and then you started having neutral. Oh. Uh, like oh. you could worship Bokob the Uncarry. He's neutral, and his his worshippers <laughs> can be neutral. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, and, and I guess that means he must have clerics. Oh, right. so I see what you're saying. So, so you think that the Greyhawk Folio edition, I mean, it is Gary, it, it, it changes that rule. Does it, it never actually says, it does, does anywhere correct. in the, it never actually says, right, in the Holy Trinity of Books. That's right. That you can't be a neutral cleric, right? I mean, I think sage advice or somewhere it's, it said, well, a neutral cleric is a druid, but I guess it's Gary never. Yep. My knowledge, Gary never said that. No, it's it's never, I don't think, specifically said, correct. So okay. Bokob is is the major deity of magic, arcane, and knowledge. He's neutral. Okay. Uh, you, know what I, you know what I did really like? 
is I liked the uh, it, it totally useless, but I liked the random library role. Oh yeah, that was pretty. Good. I, I I was gonna get to that. My I that's why I, I went with the city. I should have went with the uh, the random library thing. That is that is right up. <laughs> and, we, and I would like to say this is a table because you know the, it, it's so true, right? The author writes that anytime players you see a library. It's the biggest mistake you can make as a DM to put a library in there because right. they're like they they sort of look through all of the books. They feel and I get it, right. right? I mean, I would do it too as a player. They feel confident there must be a spell book in here, some scroll, something. something's worth something, something, right? So he has a random. This is a random table to roll up of what is in, and I thought what is in the bookshelves. That's very funny. Isn't there like elvish poetry and all that? Yeah. So you want to roll? I of course. I know. This should be like a regular segment. Wouldn't that be fun? No. What's 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 on my bookshelf? What's in my library? Uh, what did I pay a lot of? What 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 am I hiding from Susan? This should be the name of the segment. That's what <laughs> is that on the list? The Elvish poetry. <laughs> I just okay. got fire whatever stars whatever the thing she bought you for that you she no. allowed you to buy you for Christmas, but then said you couldn't look till Christmas. Starstone. Starstone. I'm still waiting for. Are we still going to do that play? Oh, Firestone. Firestone. I do. You I should read it. I have the lyrics. I don't have the script, so I need to work on I still need to oh, work on that. Because we could do, like, you know, how we, uh, what Andy, Andy uh, uh, what is it? Uh, who, who played the high, who played uh, oh, Gollum? Andy's, yes, Andy or, Sedid, Sed, or, oh, Sedatus, whatever his name is. Yeah. Scorsus. Right, we could do a reading. We could do like a fireside reading. I sent your... you, I think I showed you them. There, I don't think we could read that on our show. Well, we'll do a warning. Yeah, it has to be. It's for not adult, the... adult listeners. Yes, it's it's pretty, it's raunchy 80s, like rock, you know, it was just funny. It's hilarious. Okay, speaking of things that are politically incorrect, uh-huh. how about the article about how to tell? Oh, yeah, if, if, you're, if, you're, you're, DM is, if you're in love with uh, something, right? A player. So right. if you have a female player, it's basically about, you know, there's more female players now, it says, in 1980. Even though in the letters said, it says the, there's some women who are complaining that everything's male-dominated, which is true. I mean, it's not, right. it's not really and it's a debate. And it was a list of things of how to tell if your DM is in love with a female player. And you know what? I was actually listening to one of our old podcasts. Which I know is strange, but but um, I have nothing else to do. So, which is that where you were mentioning how one of your DMs right. had the girlfriend, and right, and, and and he would always be giving out all of this great treasure to her, or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was like, oh, she got she was a paladin or something like that, and oh, you got the horse. You know, it was it wasn't just the war horse. I think it was a Pegasus war horse <laughs> or something like that. Like whatever. Whatever. I mean, she didn't play it. It, it she didn't play enough, and you know it was just unfortunate because I think it it certainly tinged my perspective of gaming that only recently you know that I've been able to play over the last few years we've played with more women more diversity forget about women and seen different perspectives so you know it's it's it was a missed opportunity and and even then when we played with. But again, we were teenagers. We weren't thinking in that way, so it well, wasn't I, that big a deal. And I thought, you know, that list, I, I got to tell you, I thought it was in bad taste. You know, the right. kind of things that they put on there about, you know, your your girlfriend doesn't like, you know, your miniatures because they're right. ugly trolls. She says yuck or whatever, and so you stop painting them. And I don't know. I, I If they were trying to attract more female players, Page I 50. don't. 
yeah, I don't think that article was really had the right tone for it. But um, okay, so um, yeah, I'm rolling for the library. Well, yeah, I was looking up what, what, how to tell if you're in and out of love. Yeah, so. right. Is the article? Yeah, and, and, then, some... and, and then you know you hate it's hate when when she runs an elf and continually encounters evil dwarfs with fanatical anti-elven hysterias. Okay. When merchants always cheat her. When her party never meets fewer than 200 goblins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, 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 it's not a terrible article if it had been how to tell if the DM and a player are in love. But this idea that more women are playing and how to tell if your DM is in love with the woman, female player. I just, I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of struck me. Yeah, as, well, welcome to 1980. That's true. Welcome to 19. Right, we're getting yeah, we're getting a snapshot in time. All right. So, are we following this exactly as it's read? Yes. All right. So you have to roll a D four. Okay. I think right. Four, yeah, D four. Find out. Isn't there like there's different types because it could be a book. Well, there's, it could be a. Oh, no, we're, this is the rest of the day we're spending. Shelves. Okay. There are generally four to eight shelves in any six foot wide <laughs> section of wall. <laughs> And any good-sized library may have 36 to 90 feet of shelf-covered walls. So first we're starting with, I'm assuming we're only going to do a six-foot-wide shelf. We're not just doing do one. We're, just, we're going to do one item. I'm oh. grabbing, I'm closing my eyes. You know who I'm like? I'm like, uh, was it, um, uh, who was it who grabbed the book from the behind on their uh, shelf? Um, uh, Zeb Cook. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. To do just, the D10. That's right. And it was, it was the, it out. the cookbook. So I'm gotcha. just grabbing a random book off this shelf oh, in the dungeon. So we're not going to start with 36 to 90 feet of shelf-covered walls. No. Each has four to eight shelves. And then on a particular shelf, you roll and you find if there's 10 to 100 scrolls, one to 10 books, or one to four tomes. Should I, should I, get, should I, I probably should get some goobers. Yes, you go should. Go ahead, continue. Is uh, this goober time? Is well, this, can I go to the lobby? Should you run the, <laughs> let's go, go to the lobby? Yes, we're going to randomly determine this while everyone takes a break. No. Hey, I got a great idea for this. I got more work for you. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you do animation. Not really. But it's a, it's a let's go to the lobby cartoon, and what it is is it's like four, it's like a cleric, a thief, a magic user, and a, and a fighter, and they go to the lobby, and there's like iron, ra there's iron rations and standard rations. That'd be funny, right? That would be amazing. And thanks to our patrons, we could do that if everyone upped their level. So we could then hire some animators to do that. That could be our thing. And because I'm sure that's what they would want right. us to spend. If you all spent, if you all sent us in, I don't know, five hundred dollars, I'm sure we could get mm -hmm. some CGI, mm -hmm. Lucas, our, our Industrial Light and Magic, Disney, because they're all not as working as much right now. So right. Get them They're at available. a cut rate. Yeah, get them for maybe forty or fifty thousand, and we can have a custom made. Let's go to the lobby. We can let them bid on the work. We'll have a request. <laughs> we'll have like no. a, right a request for information, whatever. So whatever, yeah. request for proposal. Yes. Well, yes, request for proposal. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Roll let D, them bid on it. Roll D hundred. <laughs> okay. Here for we the go. Love of God, roll D hundred. <laughs> Make it stop. Fifty-five. Okay, you found a scroll. Oh. Now, now, scroll doesn't mean in this. I noticed that because books were you know, scroll doesn't mean it's it's a spell. Correct. Stuff's written on scrolls, right? Right. So okay. now roll hundred again. Okay. Nineteen. Ah, you you are you're you were prescient in your discussion. Now roll d hundred again. <laughs> I have to do this like a hundred times. There's like a shelf of a hundred yes. stuff. Okay. Well, there'd be ten scrolls if you do this. Go ahead. I'm liking this 
table last and last. 46. 46. Uh, what languages do you speak? Well, I'm a gnome. Okay. So, burrowing mammal. Uh, okay. Do you speak El Do you speak Elvish? Probably. I'm a gnome. I think do gnomes speak Elvish? Well, maybe they don't. Uh, maybe it's the lingua franca. It's the lingua elva, elven of the of the realm. You find a scroll of Elvish poetry in Elvish. Oh, I'm so excited. That's what I said. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. What I did find funny is you could find Elvish poetry in another language. Like it's uh, yes, like the Bible re translated in something right. else. Right. So like, there's this like real snobby elf. He's like, I only do this in gnomish. Right. I don't. Right. I expand out. Yeah. Okay. So there so, you go. Right. Uh, yeah. I feel. Yeah. I think we give that a shot as a regular segment. What? What's? What's in this library? So you want to get some bumper music for that? Maybe some page flippings or something. Thank you. Okay. Writing it down. <laughs> you don't need a bumper for that. I know you're joking. I'm going to have to find. I know you're page, joking page, about whether I'm joking. Page flipping. I don't know. Okay. Anything, what else did you like in there? We, of course, we have to talk about at some point about uh, sage advice, Gene Wells. Yes. So we're going to go to that. Uh, I like the spell research one mm -hmm. because what I found interesting, and maybe I just missed this in the DMG, I guess I. They talk about spell research for clerics. I never even would have considered spell research for clerics. And just and so this is and I never got high enough level for this. So and this was news to me, I, I think, which is that at a certain point you're you're able to actually make your own spells that you then propose to right. your DM. Is that correct? Correct. On page okay. one fifteen of the Dungeon Master's Guide, it has a. And it talks about the magic user. So we always dis discussed, we assumed that only magic users and their subclass, I assumed illusionists could do it too. But after rereading this, it says, however, uh, on the middle of page 115, the basic cost for spell research is only 200 gold pieces per level per week. Note, however, that this assumes that the researcher has a library or shrine in the case of a cleric. That's great. See, I, I guess I never would have thought, because again, the idea is the cleric is getting their spells from the deity. That's right. You get this list, this pope, you know, this list from the menu. You're picking from the A, right. B, and C column. How do you? Is is so? What I guess you would interpret that is there's more on the list. You just don't know about it. You're not. It can't be high enough level. Why is that it's Gnostic uh, knowledge that you have to glean and then that allows you to unlock secret spells that your deity... Because you couldn't be creating new spells. The deity provides those spells. It's very interesting. Yeah, because... Um, and I don't know anything about spell creation, but I assume it explains... The DMG, I assume, and this article then expands on it, explains the process of spell creation, correct? Well, it, it does for... It's under... Because, again, the way it's written... That's the only time it talks about cleric. The rest of the time, it's, it has the presupposition that you're a magic user. You are going into a library. You have all this material. You have this idea. And then you're researching how to put it together. Right. You're like the mad way. You're concocting right. it all. 
No, it makes yeah, because you would think that the clerics approach would be if they could do and, and look, I I think it sounds like a lot of fun, so I'm in favor of it and and it says it. So right, it's canon that, that clerics can do it. But I agree with you. It seems like it would be more like you would be like working with your deities or their minions. Like if you're saying to the minion, okay, I got an idea for a spell, minion, and this is what I wanted to do. And the minion's like, all right, let me go talk to the big guy or big, big woman, right? I'll be back. It would be more that, right? Because I agree with you. The deity's either going to give it to the deity, could either, then the deity would create it. Correct. For you. And then you can pray, fine. It's sort of like, is it, is it, it's like you're going to a a nice restaurant and you want to order something off the menu. And you say, look, can the chef do this? And the waiter, who's the minion, I don't mean to belittle right. waiters, I'm talking, right? He says, I'll be back. Go talk to the chef. Goes to talk to the chef. He says, yeah, yes or no, we can do that. But just for you, right? So it's not out there for everybody, right? Is, is that a you well, envision it? That's how I looked at it here. I just had assumed that the deity would give the spells and the abilities that they wanted to give. And that a cleric of ninth level, which again is not or above, you have to get to whatever level it is. Uh, I don't know what it says, whatever, ninth, tenth, whatever level you have to be to start this. I don't remember. Um, you know, why would the deity give you this ability? You're, you're nobody. You're a ninth level cleric. Even if you were a 15th level cleric, how the, the, Hub- yeah. The hubris that you would ask for this. Okay, but wait a second. It's like being a patron, right? Hey, I'm like, I've been doing a lot for, I'm ninth level. I've been praying. I've got a shrine to you. Because you, let's, let's, let's talk reality. You, you as a deity, you're the deity. You need people like me. Now, I alone may not be much to you. But if you start neglecting all your ninth level clerics, because isn't it? Don't we usually think that deity's powers, right? Most people, I think, when they play the game, they assume the deity's powers are derived from worshippers, the number of worshippers. Right, that's the implied the prim- thing. Yes. So, so in other words, yes, I am asking a lot, and 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 you know, and I am, but 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 you can't just complete. I'm just asking. You can't completely ignore me. Look, a ninth-level cleric is something quite significant. Isn't a ninth-level cleric extremely, again, talking about reality, as we like to? Yes. Isn't a ninth-level ninth cleric a very, very high-level cleric? Uh, well, ninth-level is high, but technically is not, is not talking to the deity. doesn't get the spells directly from the deity until... They get sixth or seventh level spells, if I remember correctly, in deities and demigods. Oh, wait, yes. Okay, hold on. No, yeah, that, that's a very interesting. So, yeah, okay, so maybe I'm not even talking to them. I, okay, I understand that. But that well, doesn't my point mean... is he, he, he explains it here, and it's just I'd never thought of that. So I'm not saying I'm against it. Just we never played it that way. We, what does he explain in that article? Does he talk about how, how clerics should get them? Yes. Well, he, about all of them. He elaborates on all spell research how was that so what was his what was his clear because i i am not that big into creating new spell maybe i should be uh what uh I'm, what does he say I'm, clear I'm, is it do you talk to the deity do you, i don't mean to put you on the spot well, you have to have, you're basically looking at canonical books and you know theological dissertations to 
figure out how that, and that gives you insight, which allows you to then pray properly to get it, if I remember correctly. I'm looking to see. Interesting. Okay, well, this is fine. I like this. Okay, I like this. Very interesting. For me, it was more about I've been playing for how many years. Right. I always assumed spell research was just for magic users. It's in the DMG. It says it, but it's yeah. a very, as usual, an obscure reference, and we just played it that only magic users could do that. Did you ever have any players yourself or when you were DMing your players create new spells? Yes. Okay. And it was annoying. I was going to say, I mean, aren't there enough good ones? I mean, I don't know. Why do you need new ones? I don't know. Maybe you get bored with the ones you've got. I mean, I don't mean to stifle player creativity because that's part of the fun. And so I guess if you're a high-level magic user or illusionist or cleric, uh, you, you might want to be able to do that. I guess that could be a lot of fun. So that, that's a whole that's a whole other topic, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. So it talks about they have to build the library up. Uh, cleric research on first and second level spells may take place in any private or secluded place. Uh, you still have to cast normal spells. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, I'm trying to read here quickly. And, and, and then, then you must do sacrifices or demand it with some new high-level spells requested by the deed or its minions. When such a sacrifice or action is required of the character, you should inform the player of the deity's decision. And the character must then accomplish the deed, return. So that's kind of cool. And Very you, cool. And then you run percentile dice and roll to determine it. You know what I love? I love articles that expand on things that were left uh, unclear or not expanded. So, you know, it says clear spells, but it doesn't explain how you go about this article fills that gap. I think, for example, couldn't you have strong bows? There's some reference where you can have yep. strong bows, but never explains how you get them. And there was an article in Dragon Magazine explaining, not canon, of course, but giving uh, strong bows. So I, yeah, that, that's awesome. So I, I should have paid more attention. I'm glad I know about that article. And, and now you know that. So when I'm playing a cleric, because, you know, I like clerics now, then I can, you know, if I ever get high enough level, I can, uh, I can annoy you and say, here, these well, are all the cleric spells. I, I, I think it's, you know, part of it is my perception. And again, not, it's not canonical, obviously, is that, the, again, the hubris of the cleric asking the deity for something. I, I like what some of the people are saying on the chat, which is, hey, I want this ability because I want to further your kingdom or your, mm. your realm. I think that's probably more palatable than the way I was looking at it, which was right. the hubris of this person to ask the deity for something that's not on the menu. Again, it's that off... You go to Wolfgang Puck's place or right. <laughs> and you dare I here's the menu I've prepared for tonight. You dare right. want to put Brussels sprouts on this plate I've made? No. Get out of my restaurant kind right. of thing. Who the hell are you basically to do that? That's the attitude I have. And maybe it's more of, oh, I'm lactose intolerant, oh great, oh holy deity. Uh it would be better if you could use goat's milk. I'm just making this up now. But you know, I have a need no. and that's why I want this. No, and it's actually points that are being made about, you know, I want this spell to help further the cause. Because, you know, I think somewhere in, in – I assume it's, you know, Deity's Demigods. You know, I, I, I've said before, I think, 
I think the discussion in the D and Demigods about clerics is essential reading if you're a cleric. Right. You're supposed to be really doing everything for your deity, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, that's what you do. I mean, you should be adventuring for your deity. You're always supposed to be proselytizing, trying to convert people. Uh, now, here's the downside. So are you telling me that my fourth level half-orc cleric is not high, ever going to be high enough level to create new spells? Correct. And get them from Bagtru, no. his, the, the son of, we don't know how to pronounce, Grumsh, Grumsh, who knows, because we'll Jim Ward wouldn't tell us. Right. <laughs> Which is great. Gr- Right, right. Dro, drow, thaco, thaco, grumsh, grumsh. All right, sage sage advice. Got to talk about sage advice. Yeah, I thought sage advice was was okay. Uh, There wasn't anything in there that did a lot for me. That first one was a very specific question. I think they just had fun publishing it. It was about putting some artifact inside another big magic item, and she's right, and and, and she— Yep, you're right. It was, and it was just, I mean, it was more a problem of the fact that this guy's level five million. He's got all kinds of drop, you know, things he wants to do. It's like, really? Oh, and give his, st- oh, give his stats. Or right. what, was, what was the character's stats? They were bizarre. Uh, 13, 18, 1883, 18, 90, 12, 11, and exceptional like so he had exceptional intelligence and exceptional like he was giving exceptional scores right to other and in things other than strength correct and she mentions the only score that may exceed is 18 is strength i don't know where you got the idea of others could editors note ability scores besides strength exceed 18 only in the case of deities or legendary hypothetical creatures such as those in giants of the earth now with that said there is a discussion of in uh, the DMG about wishes increasing spell, uh, increasing abilities beyond well, the normal amount. Well, and she technically, I mean, I don't need to nitpick, but I guess I will. Yeah, that's I mean, technically, we know that several scores can go to 19. L's can go to 19 on Dax, right? Half Orcs, 19 Con, Dwarfs, 19 Con, right? So right. those we, uh, halflings, Con or Dax, you pick whether it's a type or not, right? So we do know, I mean, I, and I don't think that's what she means, though. I mean, she's certainly right that you can't have exceptional in those other counties. So that was just weird. Well, the, the only, and only to slightly change that, meaning, um, yeah, you, normally you can't have percentages except if you use a wish spell, because once you get above 16, if you use a wish to change your, it goes up by 10%. So if, 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 oh. so if your wisdom was, 10, and let's say your racial maximum was 18. You could say, I wish to be uh, more wise. And your, and if the DM wasn't screwing you over, your, your wisdom would go to 16 with one wish spell. But then after that, it takes 10 wishes to get to 17. Do you get a parentheses? Do you get a, a parentheses 10? It doesn't 10 say that, 20? but if, you, if someone is trying to do that, you'd, you'd have to keep track of that then. Because it doesn't do anything for you. A 16 parentheses Correct. 10, right? Correct. No, it's no, like there, strength. There's no chart for that. Correct. Now, this is interesting. You've pointed out in the past, and we've had this debate, so we don't need to have it again, but the, you've pointed out that the DMG says that the only attribute that can exceed 18 is wisdom. Naturally. Correct. Naturally, which is another, and again, listen to 
whatever podcast where we we had that long discussion. So all right, so uh, yeah, so that was, that was interesting. Uh, she noted that it is okay. You can so, and we may have had this conversation. We talked about dual classing. You can triple class. She said that it's okay to switch again. Uh, did she say that? Yeah, I think she. I thought she said because he had been one thing and switched to another one, and then he became another thing. I think he ended up with three classes. And I thought Gene Wells said, that's okay. Uh, no, she, I, I don't, it may have been read. She said, uh, now here's a question. Have you ever thought of retiring? She doesn't really answer that, but I have to read it again. Because there is no triple class. You cannot triple, you cannot. Yeah, that's what, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that's what you had said. I think when we did that, I, I thought near the end there, she said, if you want to have, if you if, if your DM wants to let you switch again. Well, yes, if you certainly... insist on changing, there's no reason why you cannot switch classes again. Well, again. Yeah, but to me, that doesn't, there's, it talks about dual class. It doesn't talk about the only class that could do three classes is the bard, and that's an optional class. Right. There was, so I thought that was interesting. I didn't know what that line no, meant. It does. No. I mean, if you read it that way, but this goes back to, you know, I know Jean has passed, but she's not the, apparently, you know, as we found out, it's kind of random, these determinations. So there was two other parts I thought that were interesting. They did talk about paralyzation in here, which is another favorite topic. Oh, boy. Yes, because it's, oh, yeah. And so there, and okay, I don't know if you noticed, I think in two issues from this one, She's going to respond to a letter in response to her answer on this one. Oh, right. So, so this is, of course, a raging controversy, which will never end, has been what is a duration for Ghoul, Ghast, and Karen Crawler, Correct. paralyzation, because none was given, right, in the Monster Manual. That's right. And you then have discrepancy. So Jean said she thought, so we can add this to the list. Jean said she thought 24 hours. Right. But there's no rule, so you pick. So that's, I guess, number one. Option one, count the options, is 24 hours, the Gene Wells house rule, I guess. Right. Two, DM picks. Right. We know that there's going to be in T1, I think, is going to have a duration for right. ghouls, I think. Correct. The monster card for ghouls, I think, is going to have something different. And then I think in – then there is – oh, and where – Oh, and then in polyhedron, there is a different one too. So yeah, so this is we've just started. Welcome to 1980. Why, is, why can't that be our our uh, segment? Pa- paralyzed through paralyzation, where we can just talk about paralyzation. Analysis paralysis. There's the na- analysis part. We should have <laughs> yeah. All right. That's an episode. That's like a that's a segment. You right. mean where we go back and forth on the the, the paralysis thing, analysis paralysis. Okay, we that could, like a lot. Of, I, that's right. If you're out, I think we're entering that. Right, we're doing that. Absolutely. We're starting. We have we have entered in May. So now we know in May 1980, the great debate, the greatest debate, right, in D and D history commenced. We should actually, you know what? Forget about that business of of the book that shall be named. We should have a debate. On, on this issue. Which, by the way, you mentioned the book that shall not be named. In the book that shall not be named, there is a class, yeah. two classes, that can raise up by percentages their scores, which I remember. Oh, well, I... I know you don't know that. That's right. The one that's... No, I don't know. No. But they, yes. they, they can, every level, they roll percentages and they can increase, I think, their strength. Um, holding up. 
I don't know. Did you re-glue it? Is that why? No, I just never use it. Oh, that's, that's even better. <laughs> I'm trying to find... Yes. Um, on page 15 of the book that shall not be named, the unholy book, uh, a cavalier, oh. this w random class, I'm, I think it's in Dragon 72. The cavalier attains, as a cavalier attains each level, 2d10 are rolled and the results are added to the percentile score for strength, dexterity, and constitution. So later in the book that shall not be named, you can have percentages thing. Are you paying attention? Or are you just... I'm sorry, I'm eating some goobers. I'm sorry, what? What are you talking about? Uh, you just went to a different place. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you start talking about that book, I get goobers. Hey, look. Uh-oh. Someone wants to roll some dice. That's right. Grizzly's ready to roll dice. I love it. Roll Grizzly. He's going in. He is going in for dice. Is that showing up? Because this is the part where we'll actually get some viewers. Okay. Right. Hitting videos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, was there anything else from this? Oh, um, Ed Greenwood wrote an article about Gates. We always... That may have been his first one. Was it? I can't remember. I got it wrong during the interview. But yeah, because he's just starting to hit the scene at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was a module, which I thought was halfway decent. It needs a lot of work because it's kind of bare bones, but you get a 16-page module out of it. So They're starting to do that, right? I think yeah. in, in, in a prior episode, they had the first one, I think, right? There's something past. I'm trying to remember. But they're starting to do that now, which, of course, for so many of us, that's what we, we loved. Right seeing those adventures. So, yeah, that's in 1980. We're starting to see adventures uh, come into Dragon Magazine. Which, to me, you know, Citadel by the Sea, a, a classic, which is... Oh, one of the best. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's free. It's basically I, part of your subscription, which really made a lot of sense. Roger Moore's uh, Bobby Yaga's Hut. Yes. That, started in, was in Dragon Magazine originally. So, overall, pretty good. You know, I, I agree it's getting long, which is a problem. I like the earlier ones because they were... A lot quicker to read when you're reading something 40 years ago, but uh, very good. All right. I think we've beaten this up. We've gone, God only knows how long, multiple Yeah, because look, Gri Grizzly is like, see him? Yeah. He's ready to go. He's had enough. He wants out. So you need to roll a D10. Let's do it. How do you feel about this episode? I thought it was great. It seems to have gone on too. forever, but it's great. Grizzly, I'll be right there in a second. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a one. It's a one. Ah, oh, well, you... I, bl I blame you. <laughs> it was the goobers. Well, I'm going to say <laughs> the I'm going to say the reason it's the one because we should have stopped after any Gygax. We should have just we should have just cut it off, gone out to see the shuttle, and called it a day. He was a ten, and we were like a negative nine or something. Yeah, because somehow so, we still spent two hours, and, and I'm not sure what we talked about. So, and now you're going to miss dinner because you got to finish up putting this together to get it online. No, I'm not doing anything tonight. This is they get what they get. So. Now, for those who are listening, uh, we are not on next week. We're on two weeks from today. Uh, we're, who, who's our guest for two weeks from today? Oh, Michael Mornard. That's right. So, right. Uh, who played in? He played in both Gary's Greyhawk campaign, and then he went off to college in Minneapolis and played in Dave Arneson's Blackmore campaign. Yeah, wonderful. So, uh, we really look forward. Those who stuck around the whole time, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we had a great time with Ernie. It's always good. Again, we do this because uh, we're so fortunate that we have folks like you who are give us a chance to talk to people such as Ernie and Tim Cask and all the people we've been recently. And hopefully that will continue. So uh, on behalf of Grog Talk, I'm James. I'm Dan. And we...
We'll see you, as soon as my mouse gets scrolled over, we will see you next time on Grog Talk. Take uh, sing this music. This is Big Abushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.